First Timothy chapter four. I'm going to start reading in verse six. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness for training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Let's pray over the word as we begin today. God, we thank you uh, for your word. Thank you that it's truth that we can hold in our hands. And we ask that you would incline our ear to what you would say today. Open our eyes to the truths and the wonders of it. Unite our heart in your presence uh, to desire after what you would say today. And Lord, satisfy our hearts as only you can. Holy Spirit, lead us into paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we are continuing in this month of January. You know, we've been in the book of Ephesians. We go verse by verse uh, through a book of the Bible most of the time. And small exceptions we take for December, Advent, and January is a time of focus and foundation. Right. To really set our hearts and our minds in the right direction to take on this year. So we started out the year with asking the Lord, along with what Moses said in the book in Psalm 90, teach me to number my days so that wisdom may develop in my heart. So that a spirit of wisdom may develop in my heart. Or Lord, teach me that I only have so many of these. I only get so many days in your world, teach me to make the most of them so that wisdom can develop in my heart. And we talked about last week, right? How are things going? Have you had a chance to use that answer on anybody this week? When they ask you, how are things going? What did we, what did we learn last week? We've got things to celebrate and we've got things to contend with. We've got things to rejoice about and we've got things that we're still having to hold the rope Oh, and I got to hit somebody in the thinker with that one this week in the dentist's office. Well, how's everything going? I said, we got things to celebrate and we got things to contend with. And he said, because they always do that. It's like, that's, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. It's a good way to put it and to remind ourselves that, yes, we've got things that we don't want to bypass. We want to glorify God for what he's doing, what he's done. And we also know that we've got to put some muscle into the game every day that we've got something to press in for. And we're going to carry on a little bit with that thought today, because how do we walk that out? And that's one of the things that Paul, who wrote this to Timothy, is trying to encourage us in. Now, many of you know, Timothy is a pastor in where? Ephesus. All right, so we're in the book of Ephesians. He's a pastor there in Ephesus. Paul is writing to him separately from that letter to encourage him as he helps to lead the people there. And what he's telling him is what we do matters. What we do matters. He, he's telling him that he needs to spend his time and his energy on something that's helpful and productive because there are ways that he can spend his time and energy that are detrimental and unproductive, unhelpful. 
And we could spend a lot of time talking about all the negative things that we need to avoid. But when you talk about the positive you're going to fill it with, that kind of takes care of the issue. He said, train yourself in godliness or discipline. One translation says discipline yourself unto godliness or we need godly exercise. And that doesn't just mean turning on Caleb when you're at the gym pumping the iron, right? Godly exercise doesn't just mean that. That's a good thing to do. You need to do that too. It says here that that will have some benefit. Physical exercise has some benefit. If you physically exercise, you realize that. You know that. But what he's saying is that we have need of godliness and holiness and uprightness. And that those things are going to come through growth and maturity and spiritual training. When we were lost, the calling for us was what? To be saved, to come out of darkness and into light. And what he's saying now is as believers, those who walk in the light, we have a call to what? Walk in the light, to walk godly, trained or set apart. Because we have to learn how to be what it is that we've become. We've become a child of God. We read about that in Ephesians. We've become a child of God by, by grace, according to faith and not of our works, lest anybody should ever boast about it. That's what we've become. Now we need to learn how to be what it is that we've become. And the example that we've used before is when Abby was born... 18 plus years ago, I became a dad. Didn't yet know how to be one. I had a few ideas. I had a few things that I knew. There was a lot that I didn't. And I'm continuing to learn. I was, you know, irrevocably couldn't take it away. That's what I was, was a dad. I wasn't yet sure how to be one. And so I had to learn how to be one. To, to, to grow into what it was that I had already become. Same example for us today. And that's what Paul is pointing out. He's like, we need to be trained in godliness or we need to discipline ourselves unto godliness. And this word that he uses there is different from disciple. It's different from follower. It's different from listener. The, the, the word he uses here, the Greek word he uses, if I could show it to you, it would look like you, you would already know what English word we get from it. The English word we get from it is gymnasium. It, it, it's gumnazo, but it looks like the first part of gymnasium. And it means to exercise or to train vigorously. Right. So that gives us the idea that there's some effort that we're going to put forth in this Christian life as we grow into what it is that he's called us to become. And that's going to require effort. It's going to require exertion and it's going to have to be something that we do deliberately. And it's going to have an effect. I had an interesting situation this this week. Um, what day was that? Thursday. Thursday. Um, you know, Kelly's the Camden director for the Hannah Pregnancy Resource Center. And they're coming up, going to do their baby bottle campaign. And we participated in that. We're going to have Sanctity of Life Sunday next Sunday. 
and we're going to observe that here. And so as a part of that, they had a volunteer that was coming to Camden to deliver baby bottles. Because some churches like to actually get the bottle, fill it up with change, and then bring it back. We don't mess with that, and we take a special offering for a few weeks, and that's how we do it. But there were several of them do it that way. So there was a lot of baby bottles that needed to be delivered. And she said, I'm supposed to be off on Thursday. This lady's coming to town at 830. Can you walk down and meet her and pick up these baby bottles? And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. I'll be right there at the bank. I'll go down there. So I'm down there, 830. I'm ready to go. And she calls me. She says, well, the lady's lost. She's not sure where she's supposed to be. I think she's in the parking lot at the bank. I said, well, that's fine. She's just right up the road. Tell her I'll stand outside and she'll see me. And she said, okay, I'll tell her. She, she gets off the phone with me and she calls the lady back and she tells her that. And then Kelly calls me again and said, she just called me and said her car is on fire. I said, what have you got me into? And about this time, I'm looking up Washington Street from the end down there. And I see this SUV pulling through the stop sign with just smoke billowing out as it's coming down. And so she pulls off on the side of the road and I head up there and I've never seen this before in my life. This is a very weird situation for me. She gets out, she's on the phone. She's like, what street am I on? What street am I on? I was like, you're on watch. I'm on the phone with 911. So she tells them where she is. I'm like, get over here and calm down for just a second. And let's, let, let's look at what's going on. So I've already called the fire department. And so I'm trying to, I, again, I've never seen this situation before. This is not something I'm familiar with dealing with. She's pulled over on the side of her stuff just to just white, just billowing out of this SUV. And, and then it started to die down. So after a little bit, I, 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 I figure out, okay, she had a hose bust, I think, and this is overheating. Um, and so we, 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 we calmed down a lot. The fire department's on the way. And she said, do you think they're going to be mad at me if it's not really a fire? I said, I don't think so. I would hope not. Uh, they, they like it when there's not really a fire. That's usually the good part. Uh, and then I started to hear the sirens because they're just right a couple blocks over. Uh, and so the, the, the chief's truck pulls up and then the big fire truck pulls up behind it. And I saw that they had a different way of handling the situation than I did because I didn't know how to handle the situation. But, but they get out and I see the captain get out and he comes up and assesses very quickly and he's hollering back to bring the extinguishers. You can tell these are commands that have been practiced. These are things that they've said before. These are things that they've gone through. And you got this guy getting out this side of the truck and he's hollering for this. And this guy getting out this side of the truck and he's hollering for this. And it's all very ordered and all very regimented. And they had this quick response. They're ready for the absolute worst, right? They're dressed out from top to bottom for whatever may come. They've got the equipment loaded on the truck for whatever they may run into. And I saw the difference there between me, somebody who was not trained in this at all and who just found his way into it because he was trying to help his wife and some guys who this is what they have been trained and equipped and prepared to do. Their response was so much better than mine so much more effective than mine. They would have been ready for the absolute worst. If it had been the absolute worst, my only solution would have been to run away. <laughs> right? If it was really fire coming out of there, I know what happens next. I'm running 
away and they were able to run into it because they were trained and because they were prepared. I realize there's a plan for this that they've been uh, educated on, taught and trained on. And so they were more prepared than I was. And that was the difference between me and them. My response and their response was their training, their preparation. They were equipped. It was the first time for me. And I feel like I did okay. (laughs) But they did so much better because they had trained themselves unto that, that situation. And what Paul is telling us is that we need to, as believers, train ourselves in godliness. We need to train ourselves or discipline ourselves, prepare ourselves, equip ourselves, or make sure that we are equipped unto godliness. And he compares it to physical training. He's like, if you want an example of something that you can liken it to, I would compare it to physical training. He said the training of the body has limited benefit or has some benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now, what are some things we think about when we think of physical training, whether cardio or or weight and strength training? Well, number one, it's difficult, right? That's the goal of it is to put difficulty on my body so that my body responds to that difficulty. It's difficult, physical training is. It requires a time commitment, doesn't it? We have to set aside time for that. It's personal. You can't do it for me. I can't send you, like she sent me to run that errand for her. I can't send her to the gym for me. Hey, go work out for me today. (laughs) Go, go get on that treadmill. But this one for me, like tell them that put the minutes in under me. You don't get to do that. It's it's personal and and it is strenuous. And all those things are like, but it's also valuable. He says there is some benefit in it. There's some value in it. And that's why we do it, right? Value is when you receive benefit that's above the burden. There's the burden of training and then there's the benefit of training and everything in between is value. And this is what he compares it to is physical training. So in the same way, we as believers should engage and train using all the avenues of grace that God has made available to us in his kingdom so that we can become more like him. We're called to be his images, his imagers here on this earth, aren't we? To be his representatives here on this earth, to be agents of reconciliation in the world. And we need to be trained to do that. Some of the ways that we train in that Bible intake, what we're getting right now, hearing the word, reading the word, studying the word, that, that, that Bible intake, prayer, worship, where we spent time on this morning where I, where I shut off everything else and I put my focus on him, that I look on him. Evangelism, talking to other people about what it is that we're doing. Have you ever noticed that when somebody's doing a lot of physical training, they won't hush about it? They won't, they won't stop talking about what it is that they're doing. Yeah, man, I'm, I, right? Yeah, they're looking at me. I, I, I start something and everybody in the house has to hear about it. I got my new little workout piece of equipment. I'm using it and then I'm walking around. Feel my arm. You feel that? 
Does it feel different? It's feeling different, isn't it? And Kelly's like, gosh, I wish you would quit this. I'm glad you're going to live longer, but you need to calm down. When you're doing something, or have you ever been on a diet or worked with somebody who's been on a diet? Do they ever stop talking about it? No, they don't. Why? Because it, it, it's taking up their attention. And so they're talking about it. And, and so evangelism, that, that's one of the things that, that trains us serving, serving others, teaching ourselves that it's not just about uh, stewardship, making sure that what we have under our control, that we're using it to the best of the ability that it has to glorify God and benefit others. And on and on and on and on we can go. And, and it's the same thing as the, as the physical training. All of those things can be difficult. All of those things require time commitment. All of those things are personal. You can be walking right beside somebody and them growing in it and you not because you're not engaging with the avenues of grace that he has made available to us. And it can be strenuous. It can be. All of those can be strenuous. But guess what? It's valuable. It's valuable. And that's what he's telling us here. He says physical training has some value and has some benefit. You shouldn't turn away from that. But training unto godliness has much more Benefit. It's beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And we're talking about these things. It's not we, we, we think when we're told to do something like this, that it feels more like a punishment, like I'm having to serve my time on something. But it's not a punishment. It's a promise. It's a promise that if we engage on these avenues that he's made available to us, we will grow in him and our experience in this life will absolutely improve. And the benefit that we are to those around us will continue to grow. One of the things that Paul was talking about here is, is he's saying, you know, don't waste your time on these things. Instead, point the brothers and sisters to these right and good things. One of the things he's talking about is it's not about legalism. Right. Legalism is I'm righteous or I'm accepted by God. I have his favor because of what I'm doing. And Paul's like, that's a doctrine of demons. You need to stay away from that. You're not righteous because of what you're doing. You don't have favor with God because of what it is that you're doing. You have favor with God in Christ Jesus, your Lord. And he doesn't stop there. He says, as one who has the Lord's favor, train yourself in what he's given you to do. Not to have his favor, but to improve your life here and bring his kingdom here in your midst. This one who has graciously poured out his favor on me, all that he's afforded to me. I walk in those paths and I walk in those ways. You, you, you don't discipline yourself so that you can go be with God when you die. That's what Christ Jesus did. You discipline yourself so that others can get to go to. Because you're bringing, as one who's disciplined in his ways and trained unto godliness, you're bringing his good and right and peaceful rule into the earth. And they see that. And what does scripture say? They will see your good works and do what? Glorify your father in heaven. And that's where the difference is made. We want a purpose in our hearts for this year. For this year and every year after, that every year after we come to faith, every year, I want to train myself in godliness this year. 
I want to discipline myself unto godliness this year. And again, how does that work? Very similar to, to what we know works for our physical body, right? I set aside the time so that I can expend strength and energy towards something that's worthy and worthwhile and that I get more back the next day, right? That's what physical training is about, that I'm, I'm giving up energy today and strength today. I'm committing it and investing it in this time so that tomorrow I actually have more of it and not less. It's this weird multiplication that happens in our physical body. Have you ever thought about how your muscles grow? How that happens? It happens as we tear them down through exertion. They're knitted back together stronger than they were. We exert, right? We exert ourselves. Pick stuff up, set it down. Pick stuff up, set it down. We exert ourselves and the fibers of those muscles are actually being torn. And then we've taken in enough good food to give our body the energy that it needs to knit that back together. And guess what it does? It knits it back together stronger than it was. And what blew my mind is like, Lord, I can't make my muscle grow. I can't make it grow. All I can do is engage and participate in the process that you already set up. You see how that works? I can't make it grow. I can't make myself get stronger, but I can keep myself weak. I can abstain from it and stay weak or I can participate in the process that he just put there. It just works. I can't make it happen. He makes it happen. And it's the same way with my spiritual training, my training unto godliness, my discipling unto godliness. I can't make it happen, but I can put myself in line with what he's already set up and I can enjoy the benefits of it. Think about it this way. Uh, When we're talking about physical training, physical activity, a disciplined athlete has more freedom than an undisciplined athlete. If you discipline yourself as an athlete, you have more freedom being disciplined than one who's not disciplined. And that sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like it's backwards. But think about it. You would normally do this where you would compare yourself to someone else. But I want you to think about that because we're not supposed to compare ourselves to others. We'll compare ourselves to ourselves. So picture two versions of you. And both of them want to run a marathon. They want, a good, <laughs> they want a good thing. They want a good thing to run a marathon. Both these versions of you want to run a marathon. And one starts eating better and exercising and waking up early and going to bed on time and doing all the things that the trainer says to do to know that this is going to take me from where I am to where I can run a marathon. And the other one also wants to run a marathon. And does absolutely nothing. They want a good thing. They've got a desire for a good thing. And they do nothing. They don't change the way they eat. They don't change the way they're sleeping. They don't do any exercise at all. And they both show up on race day. This one hadn't done anything more than tie their shoes. How you think it's going to go? You're just going to go back. This version of Stephen is probably going to die within the first mile for sure. Because I've not done anything. I've done nothing. So I have the freedom to try. I don't have the freedom to achieve it because I've not done anything 
The undisciplined version of me is not as free as the disciplined version of me. This one still may not finish, but he's going to get a heck of a lot farther than this guy. Why? Because I've set my mind towards it. I've put my energy behind it and I've engaged in the process that I know is going to work. That's the physical version. What about the spiritual one? Same two versions of me. They both want to walk closer with God. We, we asked the other day, raise your hand if you want to be closer to God this year than you were last year. Everybody raises their hand. That's what we all want. Nobody, even if you didn't want that, you sure would not raise your hand, right? Who wants to be closer to God? Okay, we both want a good thing. We got our two versions again. What are we going to do? This one just wants it and doesn't do anything different. And guess what? Nothing different happens. Nothing improves. Nothing changes for the good. Which direction is it probably going to go? It's going to continue downhill, right? Somebody put it this way. They said, you have uphill dreams and downhill habits. <laughs> I want to get up there, but I'm not really doing anything to make it happen. But I want it. That's not going to get me across. But this one says, I see that and I want that. I desire that good thing. And I'm also hearing that there's things that I can do that I can discipline myself in, that I can, I can submit myself to the avenues of grace that God has put in my life so graciously. He, he calls us to follow him and then he gives us the tools and the power to do it. Philippians says he'll give us the ability and the desire to do what pleases him. The ability and the desire both come from him. What do I have to do? I just have to engage. I just have to engage. Nick Saban retired this week and all the Arkansas fans said, amen. amen. <laughs> Although I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference. But I saw a clip of him and he was talking about young men and athletes. He said, you know, they have this illusion in this modern time. They have this illusion of choice that they've got all these different choices and all these different things that they can do. But what he said, he's like, it's an illusion because it still takes what it takes. It takes what it takes to show up and commit and invest the time and the energy in this to be successful and to reach that goal that you've set. He's like, they think the whole world is open to them. And in a way it is, but you can't choose to do nothing and get something. He said, it still takes what it takes. As an undisciplined Christian, we are less free and less capable than we would be and will be as a disciplined Christian. Which again, it goes against what we would think. We would think an undisciplined Christian, well, they can just do whatever they want. That's not true. They can do whatever is available to them to do. Because if you're undisciplined, not everything is available to you. It's not, a, it's not available to you to stand strong in a time that's very difficult. It's not available to you to walk in the fullness of peace that you would know if you spent every day digging in His Word, at least a little bit. That part's not available to you. What's available to you? You can do whatever you want. You can mess around, spend your time however you want. But these other things are going to be what? Out of your reach. Well, God's gracious and God's good. Amen. He is. 
He is. He saved us out of darkness and into light. And He gave us all these things to walk in so that we can reach what He would have us to reach in this life. We go through that training so when the call comes out, we show up and we're equipped and we're ready and we know what to do and we know how to respond. And guess what? There's also a bunch of us. They didn't show up with just one guy when the fire department got there. They brought the whole crew because they might need it. And when we're walking together and we're all walking together down that path, oh my, at the difference we can make in our community. What a difference they made in that lady's life. In my life. Because other than that, it was just me and her. And I was not trained in how to deal with the situation. If you want to be the most free that you can be as a believer in Christ, and also at the same time the most effective, we need to listen to what he said here in 1 Timothy. Physical training has some benefit, but training ourselves unto godliness, disciplining ourselves unto godliness has, benefit, has benefits in this life and the next. And just like the physical training, physical training, you know what it can't be and be effective? Spontaneous. You can't just go, I feel like going for a walk today. I feel like getting on that. I feel like getting on that bike today and just getting after it. That's what I feel like doing. You can do that. It's not going to get you there. It can't be spontaneous. It has to be purpose. It has to be planned. There has to be a commitment from you that this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. We see the difficulty and we see the value. What's next? That's why I wanted to focus on this at the beginning of the year. It's not the only time you're going to hear this this year because I got news for you. The second half of Ephesians is a whole lot of this. It's a whole lot of, hey, what next? Let's go. There's stuff that needs to get done. There's people that are in trouble. There's emergencies going on and we need to be able to respond. We need to be able to help and be a benefit to our community. Because again, I told you all a few weeks ago, nobody else is coming. Nobody else is showing up. They're not bringing a bus. They're not bringing an airplane. They're not rolling in. It's us. You are the answer God has put in this community. So what do we do? We plan and we purpose. And this is the word God gave me for this year. One of the overarching words for this year. And I wish it was interestingly prophetic. Like some of the things you hear and some of the things you see. And you know what he told me? Stephen, put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. You got a lot of things you want. You got a lot of things you desire after. Put it on the calendar. Put it on the calendar. Focus on running your schedule and not letting your schedule run you. That doesn't mean you can shut everything off. I got lots of things I can't shut off. But it's, it, it's um, I believe a life, I think I can control nothing. And I believe a life, I think I can control everything. The truth is in the middle. I have things that I can control. And what he's telling me is put it on the calendar. How are you going to do this? You want to go from here to there? How are we going to get there? How's that going to get accomplished? Because wanting to get there is not enough. It's the first step. It's a great step. You've got to have it. You've got to have it or you'll never get there. You've got to have that want to or you won't get there. But that's the first step. That is the first step to getting where it is you want to go.
And again, it's not so you can achieve the Lord's favor. It's not so he won't be mad at you. He's not mad. Thessalonians says he chose to save us in Christ Jesus and not to pour out his anger on us. So that whether we're alive or dead, when he returns, we will live with him forever. That part settled in heaven. The question is, what are we going to do while we're still here? What are we going to do while we're still here? We want to pray. We want a purpose. And we want to put it on the calendar. So I want you to spend some time. You're going to, hey, you're going to get snowed in. You're about to have some time. I don't have any time. We got some time coming up. We're not going to be able to do a whole lot of anything. And so you can ask him. Lord, I have these desires in my heart. Here's where I want to be headed. Is that a good thing for me to be aiming towards this year? Because we can't do everything. You're one person. Can't do everything. And then say, all right, of the things you've already put before me. It's not a mystery how people grow. It's not a mystery how you grow in godliness. It's not a secret. But it's also not easy, and that's why a lot of people don't do it. Ask him, what do I need to put on the calendar? What is it that I need to put on there? And, and listen, I, I'll give you the little hack. I saw, I saw a guy talking about it this week. Because some of you are like, I can't, look, I can't add anything to this. You're talking about, because you hear me saying things like, you know, engaged with the Bible, and what you hear is, read 10 chapters a day. What I say is, you need to spend time in prayer, and what you hear is, how can I pray for three hours a day? How can I do that? I didn't say that. You can take each one of those things and make it as small as you need to for you to put it into practice. Make it as small, make it so small you can't fail at it. If you're starting from zero, start from zero because that gives you something you can actually hope to continue. If you're not reading the Bible at all, don't try to read multiple chapters a day. That will fall off for you. If you're not spending time in prayer right now, don't try to go in the closet for three hours. That's not going to work for you. What do you need to do? Say, okay, Lord, I, I haven't been spending time with you in prayer. I'm going to take five minutes and I'm going to put, you say five minutes is too long. Take two. I don't care. Make it as small as you need to. And I'm going to situate it right here in this specific spot in my day. Remember, put it on the calendar. Situate it in there and make it so small that you can be consistent in it. However small it needs to be. If it's one sentence a day out of this blessed scripture, it'll be that much the better for you. Start so small that you won't quit it and that you can build on it and grow with it. And you may say, well, there are so many things. I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to start. I'll give you the best one if you're in that position. Come back here next week. Did y'all miss that? Come back here next week. This is part of the discipline is gathering together so we can provoke one another, like it says in Hebrews, to love and good works so that I remember I'm not doing this by myself. Come back here next Sunday. And we also meet on Wednesdays where we have Bible study. You can come to that too. And if you're struggling, you can come to Overcomers on Monday nights and hear about how you can overcome that. But, but come back here next Sunday 
so that we can continue to build on what it is that you're hearing and you can actually develop, the the faith can be stirred up in you to know that you can reach what it is you see afar off, that it's yours by promise and that you can draw closer to it. Amen. (laughs) I've gone too long, I think. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy and thank you for your love. Thank you that you have adopted us into your family, that you chose us. Lord, it says before the foundations of the world, you set up a way for us to make it home. And that rests on Christ and Christ alone. And from that position of being a member of your family, Lord, just like that baby's born into each one of our households, we, we, we've seen babies born Uh, But when a baby's born, that wasn't all that there is. And that child begins to grow and develop physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. I thank you that we grow in you this year, that we grow in your family this year, that we set aside time to talk to you about what this year needs to look like and what our heart would best put our energy and attention into. And Lord, that we'd be able to put it on the calendar. Give us something, each one, each one of us. I know you're faithful to do it. When we ask you, give us something that we can put on the calendar that's going to bring us closer to you by the end of this year. Lord, that it won't be something we're looking to happen spontaneously, but it'll happen purposefully and with intent. We're engaging the processes and the avenues of great grace that you've laid before us. And we're walking with you and one another on them. And I thank you, Lord, that just like the crew that rolled out to help that, help that woman, we'll be able to be that for folks in our community, that we'll be trained, we'll be equipped, and we'll be working together to make a difference as only you can, that we'll see your kingdom come and your will be done, that your church will continue to be activated in the place where you have put us, and we will be more free than we've ever been as we draw closer to you in training and discipline, more closer than we ever have before. I thank you that you will not fail us in that because you've said that you won't. You've got more than we can think or ask and you'll do it for us. I thank you for faith to see what you're capable of doing with our even minuscule amounts of time that we can commit to We're going to to drill it down to small enough that we can absolutely be faithful to it. And we're going to put it on the calendar. And I thank you that you will cause it to multiply and benefit not only us, but those around us. Because this training unto godliness is beneficial in this life and in the next. Lord, as we get ready to go today, we're facing some interesting challenges. I know that we don't do it alone. Keep us safe. As we go about the things that we have to do, keep us safe. And I thank you that you provide for our needs as only you can, according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray for those that are out from us, uh, either already hunkered down or if, if they're weak in their body, I pray that you heal them and strengthen them and bring them safely back to us. If they're traveling or working, Lord, that they wouldn't grow weary in doing good, but that they'll reap a harvest when they don't lose heart. And I thank you that as we put our plans and our purposes before you, that we allow you to mold them and change them and direct them. And then we hold on to what it is that you're doing. And we watch it. We'll be able to celebrate tomorrow and next month and next year what we contended for 
today and next month and throughout the rest of this year. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen.